Welcome. Glad to have you with us. Glad to be with you. It is eight minutes after the hour. And uh, I'm pleased to tell you that Garson is on board from Graphs. Uh, we've got Dale Roberts uh, from the C CPO. Uh, we've got uh, Chuck Bra uh, Basie, state representative. Gentlemen, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, I thought we'd, we got a couple of things that I want to talk about. One of them is that case down in Georgia. Uh, and I'll probably uh, end up uh, uh, really uh, uh, digging into Dale Roberts' uh, uh Judicial background and uh, kind of chat about that. If you hadn't heard about it, it was a, a young black man who was jogging that ends up getting shot by a former law enforcement officer and his son, uh, shot and killed. And I think uh, it's really an ugly story. We'll we'll get to that a little later in the program. Uh, we'll find out from uh, Representative Basie uh, what, if anything, has happened in the in the firearms front, Second Amendment front, uh, in the legislature because. Uh, Things are really uh, kind of crimped down there. And, of course, Garson will have some firearms from Graffs. Uh, let me talk to Garson first about firearms from Graffs. Uh, what's going on with, uh, you know, shopping at Graffs now that uh, the, the governor has lifted so many of these uh, restraints? Has it uh, changed at all? Garson? Oh, sorry. I thought you were talking to Dale. No, Dale doesn't work at graphs. Uh, woo. Uh, you know, for a while there, we were, you know, we'd call ahead and uh, ask, what, you know, tell you guys what we needed. You'd greet us at the door. Uh, but now the governor has, has lifted uh, so many of the restrictions. Are, are you letting people in? Um, we haven't changed anything in the retail store. Um, for the warehouse, we have started allowing um, our wholesale customers to pick up again. Um, but... It's more of a, uh, a stop and stop and pick up um, kind of deal. We're not letting we're not still not letting people in the building. Um, you know, our owners in her 80s and had about a pneumonia last last year, so we'd like to keep her safe. Um, so we're still limiting uh, our contact with people from out of the area um, because we've only had one case here in Audrain County, and uh, we don't want to see that go up at all. By the way, she is such a sweetheart. I love her. She is just fabulous. What an amazing! Oh, she's woman. awesome. Yeah. Um, she just won something, uh, some award from uh, Inside Columbia Magazine um, for women business leaders in the community. I thought that was pretty impressive. Yeah, I mean, she has such a history. Uh, if you ever get a chance to meet her, if they ever make it safe again. Uh, She's just fascinating to talk to. I love her. Anyway, uh, let's move on because I really do want to start uh, the program talking about concealed carry and ammo, um, some of the more popular uh, calibers, and what you guys think of them. Uh, we're, we'll, here's what we'll uh, chat about. 22 long rifle to 380 ACP, 9 millimeter, uh, 40, uh, 45 ACP, 10 millimeter, 5.7. Uh, uh, the 38 Special, the 357 Mag, and the 556223. Um, as we talk about some of the more popular uh, rounds out there, uh, and I'll, I, I guess I'm going to start this off with Garson uh, to talk about uh, the the 22. Uh, you know, I just don't have a lot of confidence, um, even in the 22 LR. The, it just, I don't, I don't. 
you know, in the wintertime, it gets cold here. People are wearing layers. I, I get the feeling that it's just not a great concealed carry caliber. That's your your it's cue. Not, <laughs> it's, it's not that it's a bad caliber. Um, the, the main problem with twenty two is that it's a rimfire cartridge. So if you don't select good ammo, your failure rate on the rimfire cartridge itself is fairly high. I mean, um, you know, I'm sure you've bought cheap twenty two ammo sometime in your life, and, you know, the old Remington Golden Bullets you used to get in a big box of 500, I'd, I'd get 10% of those that wouldn't go off um, out of a box um, just because of the way they're primed. Um, so if you're choosing higher-end Ely-primed um, 22 long rifle, um, I, I think that it's a good, a good caliber for concealed carry. Um, I wouldn't use it as a primary carry piece. Um, but I'd have no equivocations about running one as a backup gun. Yeah, I I would think in the summertime it would be more effective, um, but uh, in, in the wintertime uh, it would be challenging if you're trying to uh, stop the assailant. And, and by the way, if for some reason you have a problem with grip strength or wrist uh, strength, you know, you do what you have to. It's better than nothing. Uh, yeah. And there's a lot of high-velocity 22 out there. Uh, one of the Aguila rounds we have um, pushes over 1,600 feet per second. Um, so, and, you know, CCI does a gold dot bullet in 22. So um, the technology is there in the bullet. And, um, you know, an old uh, conservation agent buddy of mine told me more deer are killed in this state with 22 than any other caliber. All right, so, uh, so it, it uh, it's uh, up to uh, every individual. But if I uh, if I've got to carry something uh, that's small and lightweight, I might want to step up to say a three eighty. Uh, either one of you guys uh, ever have a three eighty? Uh, let me ask uh, uh, Dale. Have you ever had a three eighty? I excuse me. I I have had and uh, moved it along, and then I have another three eighty at the moment. It's Certainly not a primary carry gun, but it's uh, it's available and better than nothing. Better than nothing, though. <laughs> it's a glowing endorsement. <laughs> well, you know, 380 is referred to in other areas as 9mm Kurtz, and not, I don't speak German. I think that means 9mm short. Um, it's a small, it, you know, it's a smaller nine millimeter round basically um and you know there are companies that make a pretty respectable hollow point uh, self-defense 380 round so it's okay uh, you know how old i am when i went through basic training with the military we shot a 45 caliber 1911 style handgun so that's always been my go-to round it wasn't the single action army Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. The round that came out of his gun, Garson, was a round lead ball. Uh, and nobody, well, never mind. I, I won't, I won't pick on the old guy. Uh, and and I think he is the uh, the senior member of the team here this morning. 
probably the most popular around, uh, and because of its improvement for concealed carry and self-defense, is the 9mm. Uh, we'll talk about that. We'll get some updates from Chuck Basie, Second Amendment supporter, state representative. We'll do all that and more. On Gary on Guns, 93.9 The Eagle. It is 21 minutes after the hour. Glad to have you with us. Glad to be with you. If you just tuned in, we're talking about uh, some of the most popular concealed carry rounds uh, available out there and getting some opinions from our guests, and that includes uh, State Representative Chuck Basie, a Second Amendment supporter. Uh, we've also got uh, Dale Roberts from the CPOA, and uh, Garson uh, is with us uh, from uh, Graf & Sons in Mexico, Missouri. Uh, by the way, if you want to buy anything from Graphs, you pick up the phone, tell them what you're looking for, uh, work it out, and uh, you just go down to the to the front door, and they'll bring it right to you. You don't even have to go through the store. Uh, they're doing all that to uh, make sure that uh, you don't uh, get get the cooties from COVID-19. Uh, we were down to the 9mm, and I'm guessing every one of us has had a 9mm uh, at some time. Chuck, uh, have you had a 9mm at some time? Uh, yes, I do, and that's... Uh I got a couple of them right now. That that's kind of they're very affordable, and I uh, that's that's what I use mostly, just to target shoot more than anything else. So, but yeah, yeah, with those. Dale. Have oh you, yes, yeah. I've got a couple of nines. Couple of nines, Garson. Uh, yeah, a lot. Yeah, a lot. <laughs> yeah, uh, it is a, a really really popular round, and uh, the engineering on uh, on those rounds is really. Uh, you know, it, it used to be, I think, that if you wanted a little more stopping power, you'd get a 40. And we'll talk about the 40s. Uh, but I think the 9 millimeters now are every bit of the, have every much, every bit as much stopping power as uh, as the 40s. Uh, would you agree with that? Carson? Number-wise, the 40 still edges the 9 millimeter out. Um, but with the advancements in um, powder and bullet design, um you know they are they are able to stop you know you're still able to make a one stop shot one shot stop with a nine um but you know for a self defense gun it's a very good balance of capacity versus stopping power um you know that's and you know if you can't practice with it you can't rely on it in a pinch and it is it is the cheapest um uh, full size handgun round um to outfit yourself with um, that, you know, balances that power and performance so elegantly. You know, the, the point, of course, as we all know, is not to kill uh, the attacker, but to stop the attacker. Um, and, and so you want something with enough stopping power to do that. Nine millimeters uh, do that and, and do that pretty effectively now. Um, there's the uh, Smith & Wesson MP Shield, which is a great nine millimeter. Uh, but uh, there are several others out there that uh, that are pretty good. Uh, I I think one of the uh, most popular is the Glock. Uh, what is it about the Glock? Now, I uh, my wife has a Glock. I don't have one. I've never uh, owned a Glock. Uh, I just I, I don't know why. I don't feel comfortable with with the grips. But um, what is it that makes that Glock uh, such a, a a potent seller? Uh, Dale, do you have any idea what that would be? Is it is it the reliability? Is it the accuracy? Is it the trigger full feel? What what do you think makes the difference? I, I think they, the company has done two things well. Uh, one is it's good engineering, and and I have to say out front, I'm I'm not I'm not really a fan of Glocks. I own one, 
but I think they're engineered well, and they are have proven to be a very reliable firearm. Uh, you know, you can get them wet, dirty, you name it, and they still seem to operate well. And then the second thing the company's done well is marketing. You've got to give them credit. They marketed really well to law enforcement and captured a large segment of the market by doing that. And then, uh, you know, that sort of rolls off into other buyers and has just made the Glock a very, very popular firearm. Garson, is that one of the most popular uh, uh, firearms that you guys sell? Yeah, the Glock is hands down, you know, always, you know, in the top three in sales. Um, they've, they've been around forever. Um, they're highly customizable. So if there's something about the gun you don't like, it's very easy to um, make it what you want. Um, and then their options, um, they've, they've got 40-something options now um, in various calibers from 22 to uh, their own proprietary 45 gap um, in, in a small frame. And then in their large frame, they do uh, 40 and 10 millimeter. So they've got, you know, a flavor for all buyers. Smith & Wesson makes a, a, a pretty popular 9mm, uh, the, uh, the Shield. Uh, it, it's not horribly uh, expensive. Um, uh, yeah, that's my current carry piece right now. And, and and it's it's not a, a really wide firearm, is it? I mean, it's easy to conceal carry that. Yeah, it's it's as slim as um, a single stack gun would be, um, but will still hold you know eight rounds in a small gun. Um, but there's even two guns smaller than that now. The Sig 365 and the Springfield Hellcat are both smaller than the Shield, and um, have a 10 to 13 round capacity available to them. Yeah, uh, I've had I had a Sig, um, but it it, it it I just um, I don't know. It's I, too small for your hands. Yeah, I, I think that was the problem. But it uh, holds thirteen rounds of ammo. Yeah, uh, and I never thought I'd see a gun that tiny. Um, it's it's amazing. I mean, so if you got small hands, um, it is definitely uh, it should be on the top of your list to check out if you're looking uh, looking to get a new concealed carry piece. Yeah, uh, it, 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 just that I've got such a large, uh, large hand that it, it it was just not comfortable for me to to shoot and shoot accurately. Um, Springfield uh, makes some pretty nice uh, firearms, and in fact, my very first uh, nine, uh, my first uh, firearm that I bought uh, down here that uh, that I got from a retail store uh, was uh, a, a forty caliber, uh, the XD. And, uh, or XP, which one was, what is that, uh, what is the? X, XD. XD. Uh, and I actually kind of like that. Uh, it was, it was pretty nice. It was easy to get stuff for it. Uh, even the holster was easy to, to buy off the shelf. Uh, really liked it. Uh, now they make some, uh, some nine millers. The XDS 3.3, isn't that a nine millimeter? Yeah, the S is their, their previous generation on, on a concealed care piece that Hellcat is like the most current up-to-date XD model or based on an XD. I guess they don't even call it an XD anymore, but it's, it's still, it's still got, you know, the internals and, you know, the same design features as the XDS, but it's, it's even smaller 
and actually holds, um, you know, more ammo. Uh, their smallest mag, the flush fit mag, is an 11, and then they've got an extended one that, you know, brings it out for your pinky, and that crams another two rounds in there for 13 total. That's pretty good, if you ask me. Uh, 874-9390, 800-529-5572. Let's go to the phones. Chuck, welcome. Glad to have you on Gary on Guns. How are you? Pretty good. I just wanted to vote on my 9mm Beretta APX. Garson, what do you think of the Beretta APX? Yeah, the Beretta is a cool gun. I've I've had my hands on one. I haven't had a chance to shoot it yet. Um, it, it And Beretta's always made great guns. Um, I've, I've had a 92 in the past, and um, it was a great shooting gun, but uh, being a lefty, my right thumb ended up where the trigger guard or trigger uh, transfer bar is, and it would uh, cause me some stoppages every once in a while. So I uh, reluctantly got rid of it. Reluctantly, don't we? Aren't they almost always reluctantly gotten rid of? <laughs> yeah, I think so. Yeah, pretty much. All right, Chuck. Thank you for the call and Thanks. the vote. All right, glad to have you on Gary on Guns. Uh, the next, uh, the next step up here, we're gonna we're gonna go over the forty. We're gonna go right to the forty-five. Um, and uh, it, it, everybody knows I like the 1911. I just, it feels just right in my hands. The trigger pull is perfect. Uh, but they're not all, uh, 45 1911s. Uh, FN, uh, uh, the FNX, for instance, uh, is, uh, is a 45. Uh, have you, uh, are there any of you guys ever shot one of these? The FNX 45? I had the opportunity to shoot one once, which was a, a, an FNX 45 that was suppressed, and it was really a, a pleasant experience. Um, so let me ask you, Garson, uh, down to graphs, what, um, you know, what 45, uh, and not, not an outside of the 1911s, you like best, and you can tell us that in just a couple of minutes. You're listening to Gary on Guns. 93.9 Eagle. It is 35 minutes after the hour. Glad to have you with us. Glad to be with you. I am pleased to tell you that we have State Representative Chuck Basie on board with us. Uh, we're going to get to him in just a few minutes. Uh, Dale Roberts from the CPOA is on board. And uh, Garson is in uh, from Graf's in uh, in Mexico. Uh, so, Garson, well, what do you think? So... Outside of a 1911, uh, my favorite 45 is the SIG 220. Um, it's an oldie but a goodie as well. Um, SIGs, you know, had relied on that same design for uh, almost 50 years now. Um, or no, over 50 years now. And it's um, just a reliable, well-built, um, platform, easy-to-maintain firearm. Good. Uh, last thing, uh, and we'll try and zip through this pretty quickly. Let's uh, chat for a few minutes about holsters inside the belt, outside the belt. Um, there are times uh, when uh, either one of those works better, uh, and even pocket carry sometimes works. If you're wearing a, a for me anyway, if I'm wearing a suit, uh, I like to pocket carry. Uh, that limits my uh, my options somewhat, uh, but. Uh, my preference is outside the belt, and uh, what I like to do then is just wear a T-shirt and an open shirt, and then if I, 
you know, want to gain access to the to my uh, firearm, I just sweep my shirt back and it's there. Uh, Chuck, do you have a preference inside the belt, outside the belt, ankle holster? Uh, I I prefer uh, a uh, outside the belt, but um, due to the nature of the firearm that I usually carry, I, I use an inside the belt um, because it just uh, it just feels better, you know, as far as uh, where it's located. Uh, Dale, I carry inside the belt. It's just uh, offers more concealment, and I use a uh, I think it's called a King Tuck, or a, they're they're out of, they're made in Republic, Missouri. Um, really functional holster that I'm just really happy with. Yeah, it, you, inside it's the crossbreed. Yeah, crossbreed. Crossbreed is a great holster. I've had those. I, I yeah, boy, you know, I've got a slew of holsters that I don't like, uh, but crossbreed <laughs> is one of the ones that I do like. But you can wear inside the belt, and and all you have to do is blouse your shirt, and uh, you may not look as slim and trim as you really are, or maybe a little sloppier, but but uh, you can cover that firearm up pretty easily, uh, and it's not a bad way to to carry. Uh, Garson, inside the belt, outside the belt, ankle holster. You got a, a, a you know, um, if you had to rate them. Years of, yeah, after years of fighting it, I finally made the transition to inside the pant, and um, I've stayed there ever since. You know, um, there's a joke there, but I'm I'm just going to stay away from it. <laughs> uh, tempting though it might be. Um, so, what what made the difference for you? Why why did that? Uh, well, I, for years, before we even had concealed carry, I was open, and car open carrying every day um, uh, as I worked at Target Masters then. Um, so I'd been accustomed to carrying outside the pant, and, you know, it's what I was used to. It's how I practiced. It's, you know, how I went about my daily life. And um, the first inside the pant holster, um, I got a, on a recommendation from my buddy. He's like, oh, yeah, it's comfortable. Um, and, you know, everyone will tell you, oh, yeah, the inside the pant um, holster I have is, is comfortable. Try it. And I tried a bunch, and I didn't like any of them. But what everyone should say is when they say, oh, yeah, my inside the pant holster is comfortable, it should have the caveat for having a gun inside my pants. <laughs> <laughs> um, is that a gun in your pants? Just, or No, never mind. It's just something you got to get used to. I mean, you know, it... it it shifts how your pants wear, so I'm not going to say any inside the pant holster is comfortable. It's just which one's the most comfortable for you, and can you get used to wearing it every day? Yeah. Uh, uh, what do you think of ankle holsters? I I, was, I got a friend of mine uh, no. I, that had uh, an ankle holster, and while it was you know wonderfully concealed, it was horribly inconvenient. Yeah, and I've I've studied the draw techniques that they've developed for ankle holsters and none of them put me in a position where I want to be in a gunfight. Um, and then I have a friend who has lost three pistols out of ankle holsters, um, doing various things. Um, and I, you know, after, after one fell out of my ankle holster, I'd probably re be reluctant to try it with two other guns, but he did. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, he hasn't he hasn't done that since the '80s. Um, but yeah, ankle holsters I think are just a, a horrible waste of time 
and to make an effective use of it require so much more training and practice than any other method. It would terrify me if I went someplace, uh, went up, played some football. Well, I guess you wouldn't do that, but went out for a walk or whatever and got home and my concealed carry was missing. I would be just mortified. Uh, but probably the, for me, the biggest uh, uh, detraction is I, I, I remember watching Rod. Uh, we were going into a, a, a municipal building and he had to uh, st uh, store his firearm in the vehicle. And I thought, by the time I get the pant leg up and bend over that far to get the to reach the damn thing, uh, you know, it's all over. But the shouting, uh, so I don't particularly care for them. I I do think they're a great way to conceal. They're just not a great way to to use to defend yourself. And that's of course the most important aspect of this. Eight seven four ninety three ninety eight hundred five two nine five five seven two. Coming up, we'll chat a little bit about uh, hunting because uh, there is a. You know, paucity of uh, ground meat uh, or steaks and all the others uh, to be found in the grocery stores. But before we do that, let me uh, zero in here on Chuck Basie, state representative. Uh, Chuck, anything happening on the firearms front in the uh, state house? Uh, yeah, actually, we did pull up a bill. Uh, what, let me back up a little bit. What, what's happening right now, due to the, you know, we lost six weeks of session, um, we're... Uh, moving bills that are already made it through one side of the building or the other. So right now we're, we're bringing up Senate bills, and then we're just uh, putting a lot of legislation on those as amendments. So this, uh, this last week, I believe it was on Wednesday, uh, pardon me, on Tuesday, they brought up Senate Bill 600, and uh, there are quite a few pieces of uh, firearm legislation placed on that bill. Um, good news for you, Gary. I know you've mentioned the Second Amendment Preservation Act, that that has been added as an amendment. It passed um, 103 to 44, so you can probably imagine who the 44 no votes were on that. <laughs> and um, likewise, on the gun-free zone uh, legislation, that was added. Uh, Jared Taylor, both those pieces of legislation, and that passed by the same number. So um, one other interesting amendment that was put on, and I, I missed that debate because I, I had to leave to take care of a family matter, but um, my colleague from St. Charles County, Nick Schwar, um, had filed a bill that would require uh, all public schools or any publicly funded school to have a school resource officer inside of each school building, and that was added in this amendment and barely passed. It was a 72 to 70 vote. So... Um, but anyway, I would have voted in favor of that, of course. Um, but uh, the, the concern is the cost. But but uh, it does not have to be a paid position. It could be a trained volunteer, whether it be a retired law enforcement officer or a, a, somebody that was uh, very proficient out of the military. And um, they would have to have a lot of training involved and be very proficient before they could be allowed to be a school resource officer. So I think that's a pretty common sense piece of the legislation, and uh, I would uh, wholeheartedly support that in the time in the future. Uh, you know, it, anything is better than nothing, and having an armed resource officer at least helps to some extent. Uh, let me ask you something that has a little less to do with guns and a little bit more to do with the legislature. Uh, are you guys supposed to be running one subject at a time? On these bills? Uh, yeah, um, what, what happens is they'll bring up a bill, and there is a uh, procedure you can use. You can do a titling amendment and change it to a, uh, like a broad subject. Um, in other words, if you had a, a transportation-related bill, you could just change the title to transportation. 
and then you you are allowed to put anything related to transportation on that bill. So, um, so if you're doing a budget bill, you can put almost anything in it. Well, no, budget is quite quite different. It has to be in a, in the same category. Um, so, uh, yeah, that's that's a totally different thing. But on uh, non-budget related bills. Um, you, you can uh, maneuver things a certain way, but it has to be germane to the underlining bill. So, uh, for example, you can't put a education bill on a transportation bill. Um, but this, I believe this was just changed to public safety as the title of this bill that got loaded up. And, and it's, been, um, it's been postponed. It, we can bring it back up for more amendments, but I believe they spent about three, three, four hours on this bill the other day. And um, so I, I'm hopeful that we'll bring it back up and... and um, pass it and send it back over to the Senate for action. Uh, so it's postponed. Is PDMP on that? No, no, no. That, that has not been brought up, and I think that's very doubtful because of um, there's a lot of concerns with the Senate uh, version that came back to the House. I understand that there's a lot of concern because there's no HIPAA protections in that legislation, so I, I'm not going to support that the way it stands right now. All right. Uh, it is Gary on Guns, 46 minutes after the hour. Garson Chen is in from Graphs. We got Dale Roberts, CPOA, and State Representative Chuck Basie. If you've got questions, we've got answers. 874 9390, toll free number 800 529 5572. Gary on Guns, 939 The Eagle. It is uh, 51 minutes after the hour. Garson is in from Graphs in Mexico, Missouri. Dale Roberts from the CPOA and State Representative Chuck Basie. We were talking about legislation. I want to talk about hunting here, but before I get too far along, uh, Dale, I think, had a comment that he wanted to make. We were talking earlier about holsters. Uh, you, I'm sorry, you and Garson both mentioned that you had holsters that were not uh, a fit for you. I, I don't know if they still do it, but the United Sportsman's Club in Jefferson City used to, at their annual picnic meeting, whatever, have a holster exchange. And it, and it didn't seem to matter about uh, you know, monetary value. The deal was you could put a holster into the, into the pile of holsters and you could take one out. Which I thought was a pretty cool way to recycle holsters when when we all have things that just didn't work out and want to try something else. Yeah, not a bad idea. Not a bad idea at all. Um, all right, uh, we got uh, some phone calls here. We're going to have to get to eight seven four ninety three ninety toll free eight hundred five two nine five five seven two. Gary, welcome. Glad to have you on uh, Gary on Guns. How are you this morning? I'm great. Hey, uh, I, two things. One is a question. But let me get that last. The first thing you are worried about: twenty-two uh, penetration. Yeah. Twenty-two long rifle. Uh, I, there is um, uh, on YouTube. There is a uh, uh, what do you call it? Um, video. A, a video of a guy who takes a twenty-two pistol and using Stinger or Velocitor, it'll go through. Uh, nine sheets of uh, drywall. All right. And and I it's just you know that, that's pretty good penetration I think. Uh, the the my well, the main reason I called is a question: Is there any gun ranges that have longer than hundred yard uh, targets uh, in this vicinity? Uh, are you looking for a public or a private uh, range? Well, I, I would I prefer pro, uh, public, but uh, uh, you know, is there is there even a private one close by? 
Um, Green Valley is a private range, uh, and it does have a range that goes out to 250, 275 yards. Okay. Um, but yeah, it is a members-only a members only facility. Okay. That, that answers that question. What about uh, any public ones? Um, not to my knowledge on the public ranges. Okay. I, I will tell you this. The, the uh, cost of joining Green Valley is not prohibitive. It's prorated, and it is probably one of my very, very favorite places to go shooting. Mm-hmm. So if, okay. if, if that's... I'll look in. I'll have to get on the Internet and look it up and see. Uh, but, yeah, I was just curious if there was any. I'd, I'm shooting right now real well at 100 yard, about 100, 110 yards, and I'd like to stretch it out a little bit I just, just for grins. Uh, so, okay. Well, thank you guys. Appreciate it. All right. Thank you. I can't hang up on you right now because, uh, there we go. Um, having a little phone problem here. So apparently there is a problem with, uh, grocery stores getting the meat. I had some interesting conversations this week with, uh, far ranchers who are, you know, trying to get their meat processed and some of the problems they're having, uh, that, that are inhibiting, uh, uh, grocery store sales of uh, of meat, so more people will probably try and go hunting. Um, this isn't the ideal time. I would think venison, uh, deer hunting, would probably be the the most you know the most return uh, if you're going to go out shooting uh, for dinner. Uh, yeah, there's but, no spring but deer season though. <laughs> yeah, it's not what I was going to say, but it's out of season. Uh, so uh, you got to find something else that uh, that you can go for. Turkey, I guess you can you can you can shoot uh, turkey up until tomorrow. Go turkey hunting. Uh, I don't think I've I don't think I know anybody that's ever gone turkey hunting. Have either any of you guys done that? Uh, I have not, but my brothers uh, and my son uh, actively go every year. Um, and uh, I don't know if they've got anything yet. I haven't talked to my older brother for a couple of days, but but uh, you know another thing that is. Uh, it could be utilized if uh, had be would be fishing there's uh, uh lots of fish available in ponds and and lakes all over the state so and even the rivers yeah if you're really hungry and, and no and no fishing license required right now either that's correct uh but of course that um and, and i and i used to go fishing with my father all the time we used to actually fish in lake erie uh it was it was uh probably some of the most wonderful uh, times i ever spent with my father uh, but uh, if you're going to go hunting for food, it, it, you got groundhog season. But I don't know. Does anybody eat groundhog, or are we just getting rid of a pest? I'm sure you can crockpot that with barbecue sauce. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Uh, let me very quickly get Steve's question in uh, on shooting range or comment. Steve, you got just under a minute. Go for it. Steve. Oh, Brian, I need your help. You know what, Steve? Hang on. Maybe I'll just yeah. I just Prairie Grove. They put a longer range in there, and I'm not sure. I thought it might be out to a thousand yards, and uh, squirrel season opens up here in another week or two. Yeah, I, you know, there's a state rep uh, that used to be my producer who used to uh, eat squirrel. Uh, oh I, God, they're good. <laughs> really? Yeah. Uh, we're going to talk about you, you can you can fry them like chicken and and bake them and yeah you can do all kinds of things with them. All right, well, maybe we'll chat about that a little bit uh, in the next segment as well. Uh, thank you very much. Uh, all right, 
Uh, squirrel. Brian, have you ever eaten squirrel? I have not, no. E- ever had a burning desire to eat squirrel? Nope. No, thank you. How about a little rat? No, thank you. No, huh? You know, when I was a kid uh, in uh, growing up in, in Cleveland, we had a squirrel that used to come and eat food right out of our hands. Uh, and when I think about eating squirrel, I'm thinking, are we going to eat happy? Uh, that was what we called them. Anyway, uh, we'll talk about that in hunting uh, coming up. Gary and Guns, 93.9 The Eagle.